Baby. Racist for life. Racist for life, baby. Keep it racist. The places that tell you that the world is racist are the only places that you experience the racism. Which I think is so odd. LA, baby. Hey, welcome everybody to an amazing and very special episode of The Careful Boys, where today we have Mr. Matt Kim hey. in the big Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Matt. All right, so all our fans want to know who the are you, Matt? Whoa, that's oh, like the craziest cool. question because I don't think I'm anybody. That's tight, but you're Dude, somebody. Like, I'm not though. Like, I just decided one day I want to open up my camera and start talking to it and give what I perceive to be what's going on in the world. And it's not like I ever planned on so many people listening to me or watching me. Like there was no agenda or objective to do that. It just kind of happened. And this entire year and this entire six months has been like the wildest journey of my life. Like the craziest evolution, like an avalanche. Like one thing adds in I mean, when I started this about less than a year ago, I was like, if maybe in two years, 10,000 people listen to me, like that would have been a huge W. Right? And then all of a sudden it's like more and more and more and starts snowballing. Wow. When did you start? I did my first podcast episode about a year ago. Oh, wow. I didn't start making my clips online, which is kind of what I'm known for. I didn't start doing that until May. Wow. Yeah. What, 2023. What? Yeah. And what, what, is, what are you talking about? What is the content that started snowballing and started getting a lot so of attention? The very first video that I had go viral and the first video I made, I, made a, I did a story. It was on Father's Day. I did a story about, uh, it was a guy that shot a man and a woman, an Asian man and a woman, in a car in Seattle. Oh, I remember that. She was pregnant. Mm. And I was talking about how the media doesn't cover this, and I ended with the question, how many people died that day? Because a pregnant woman had died. Mm. How many people died? It's a real question. Yeah. Oh, are these the restaurant owners? Yes. Yeah. We covered them here too. Yeah. And it, that video, my first video I ever did talking to a camera, that did like 3 million views. Whoa. And then ever since then it kind of went. And that really messed with people. Because people were like, well, two people clearly died because it was a mom and their unborn child. And the other side's like, well, like abortion, they're not actually, it's not actually a baby. Mm. Now you got this really like, because the story hits hard. But at the same time, how do you qualify how many people died? And then they're like, well, according to Seattle law, like he should have been charged with two murders. He should have been, but they charged him with one. Mm. So he actually got charged with murder for killing one person. And that story kind of really messed people up. And that's kind of what started people watching. Mm. What, what made you want to start even sharing your perspective or point of view online? I think I, I was one of those guys that was at home and always yelling at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> like an old dad. Yeah, like the old guy. My my wife was pregnant. My daughter. Fucking Dallas Cowboys, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dallas Cowboys, huh? We're gonna restart on those guys. It was just yelling at the TV, and my wife would say, "Like seriously, go tell someone that cares." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> my daughter was like so young. She like was like a few months old. That's a good wife, though. And yeah. I'm yelling at the TV, and she's like, "You're gonna wake up the kid. You gotta tell someone that cares." That's so. Funny. And I remember I had just started watching Andrew Tate early in the year oh, okay. and Andrew Tate's voice is like in the back of my head get off your ass and do something <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah um, do something <laughs> difficult be something different right yeah. put yourself in uncomfortable situations 
You think girls want to sleep with a loser? Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I think they do. I, I don't. I'm not a loser. <laughs> well, he has a wife and a child. <laughs> no one's going to... I'm never going to get laid with this shit. <laughs> That's what it was. I, I went into the office one day and I was like, we're going to start a podcast. And the guys in my office like, what? And I'm like, yeah, well, like, how do we do that? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I had never been on someone's podcast before. I had never tried to do a podcast before. Like, I had no experience in any of it. I just felt like this is what I something I wanted to do. What did you do before that you could even say that? Yeah, what office were you? <laughs> yeah, like Home Depot. Well, I, I, we're I, gonna start a podcast. Yeah. What? So I own a lighting company, oh, okay. and in the back I had like an like office. lamps and stuff. Yeah, we we sell like commercial industrial oh, LED lights. Uh. Like something so not relevant yeah. to what I do. <laughs> but you could use the lights for it's your it, like it's equally, podcast. Equally enlightening. Lighting on my set is always on point. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, but that's it. It was no like, <laughs> I want to do this because I want to change the world, right? It was, I want to do this because I want to be a model for what I want my daughter to do, which is not accept the narrative as it's written, to question everything, to think for yourself. And that's why I do what I do. Because, you know, you can, you can tell a kid a million times, this is how you should live your life, mm. right? You can tell them this is the right way to do it. but. It's not the same as doing it yourself. Yeah. Because kids model their parents. They're watching you. They're always watching and doing what you do. They're mimicking constantly. So I just wanted to do what I wanted my daughter to do, which is question everything. And that's literally why I do what I do. That's it. But don't you think you're setting yourself up for a lot of disobedience? Because she's going to be like, I'm going to question my daddy. You're a conspiracy. I am not going to accept that narrative that yeah. you're giving me. <laughs> Dad, you say do homework, but that's a conspiracy. And if she comes up to those decisions on her own, and she makes that decision because she has reason to believe it, I'm all for it. Wow. Right? That's yeah. cool. If she came up and analytically thought about a situation and said, Dad, I don't want to go to college because these are the things that I feel like I can do different. Great. Amazing. I'm glad. If someone tells her you have to do something and she does it because other people told her that's what to do, then I'm against that. Mm. That's too much reason for an Asian family. You totally <laughs> broke the chain. <laughs> so hard. Was it like growing up, did you have like hardcore Asian parents, like yeah. straight immigrant, like whatever they say is law and you can't like debate? Yeah, my parents and especially my mom is like fully the indoctrinated elitist type. Oh. Mom, I love you. <laughs> but, but that's how they are. Like yeah. super educated and education is the most important. And, but they also were, I think all Asians, deep down, in one way, shape, or form, especially if, you, if you're here in the United States, you have a little bit of this anti-establishment blood in your DNA. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah you'd be and back over there. Yeah. You're a little pioneerish. At true. some point in your history of your being here in this country, somebody said, damn the man, damn the system, something's not right about where we are, Let's go to America for opportunity. Pack this mm. shit, motherfucker. <laughs> the little bit of yeah. anti-establishment. Yeah. Pack the emperor. <laughs> and somehow we got here, and all of a sudden the Asians are like, "Yeah, the establishment. They're they got our. They're looking out for our best behalf." It's like, right. really? You that's didn't believe that at home, <laughs> you know? But now that's true. Like that doesn't make that's sense. So crazy. It's, it's always interesting to me when you see like the first generation immigrants. They're more like rebellious, or they're more like anti big government, or they came from communist countries. But then their kids 
become hella like, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like they just believe everything <laughs> that's been told to them by the institutions from school to politics to everything. And I don't know how it turns out that way. It's because our propaganda is sick. Yeah, we're really Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> America's good marketing. It's very yeah, believable. Really. You know what I noticed? Maybe it's a class thing because I've noticed it more in middle class and the upper Asians. Like, broke ghetto Asians are all anti-establishment, right? Because they're just like, don't trust anybody. I don't trust the police. They're like hillbillies and shit. But then I see compliance happening from a lot of uh, well-to-do Asians. And I think it's because the system works for them. So if you live in a community that's already safe, that's doing well, then for them, it's like, why do you need a gun? I never needed a gun for my whole entire life. And it's like, yeah, because you live in a gated community where your security guards have guns, but you never need one, you know? It's, 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 it's almost like they live in a world where it all works, that therefore everyone should follow that same system. And probably the socioeconomic like, system also works in their favor or they're playing it well, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's this desire for social acceptance. So if you comply, then they accept you and it's easier to live your life. Right. So therefore you comply because your life is good. Mm. And then all of a sudden you want to indoctrinate the people around you because again, life is good once you're drinking the Kool-Aid, once you're part of the establishment, part of the machine. Yeah. It's not easy to, because there's this idea, especially for Asians, when they get into that upper echelon of kind of the corporate world. Yeah. They always kind of feel like they don't belong. Yep. But if they comply with the narrative of what mm. they're told, then they're accepted a little bit more and they're scared to kind of push back. Because I feel like a lot of people, even in that echelon of society, don't agree with what's going on. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to speak out because they don't want to lose their place in, in the world. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah. they're trying to make lives better for their families also. And if they step out in line, it could potentially ruin the futures for their future generations. Today's video is brought to you by Rocket Money. Check this out guys, these days with set it and forget it subscription style things, we have so many things out there from entertainment to just straight up bill payment. A lot of money being spent gets forgotten. Rocket Money is here to help everybody. And for me specifically, I'm one of those people that need that. I need an assistant that just goes through everything every single month and goes, ha, you spend too much here, you're doing this there, but I don't have that. So thanks to Rocket Money, I was able to identify a phone bill that I kept paying for, that I shouldn't be paying for anymore because I thought I canceled it, but I didn't cancel it. So I've been paying it for the last five months. Oh no. And thanks to Rocket Money, they alerted me, and then I was like, wait, what's that doing there? And I was able to go, excuse me, but I didn't even use this for the last five months, and I'm supposed to be off the network. And they said, well, you didn't cancel it. I'm like, yes, I did. And then they go, okay, well, we'll cancel it. So what I like about Rocket Money is, I was playing around with this app, and I'm like, man, this would be so helpful in this day and age, and I call it the three S's. And Rocket Money, you should pay me extra for this, okay? One, subscriptions, helps mm -hmm. you with that. Maybe you got all these film, TV show, things that you're subscribed to, you don't even watch anymore. It could be hundreds of dollars going down the drain, helps you manage your subscriptions. The other one is spending. You could set spending budgets. So for example, you could be like, I'm gonna have my coffee budget be like 20 bucks a week, 30 bucks a week. And if you go over, it'll alert you. Be like, hey, stop spending. So that's super cool because a lot of times, you know, just out having fun, living your life, 
it, it, you don't check your, your, your checkbook every single day the yeah. way that we our parents did because we have so many transactions now. So keep track of your spending. And the last one that I think is the most important is the savings. You know, like how, how am I able to save money at the end of the month when you use it all up? But what you can do, you can set how much you want to save either every day or right when a check comes in, put 10 bucks away, put 100 bucks away. So you can really get a hold of your finances like a business, mm -hmm. a top line, bottom line, and then get all your spending in check. It's like your personal chief finance officer. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash off the record. That's rocketmoney.com slash off the record. Rocketmoney.com slash off the record. So they're almost forced to comply. It's a really shitty place to be in because yeah. they have to agree with things that they don't agree with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does your wife feel the same or have the same views as you or she's just like, shut the fuck Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, like, I feel like everyone in here is pretty intelligent and we probably have like some intelligent things to say and people in the world are, are receptive, but like when it comes to the wife's angle, it's like, oh, here they go again. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen to me <laughs> on my videos because she's like, I gotta listen to you at home all day. Yeah. Why do I have to watch you on a video? I would rather I already watch. know what you're gonna say. I already know the content. <laughs> exactly, Bro. exactly. But I think she understands what's going on in the world. She was not a political or politically motivated person ever in the yeah. past. Uh, but I think over the last few years, like a lot of people, mm -hmm. they kind of see like, hey, that that doesn't make sense. You know, when they say, um, you know, MAGA country is really racist. She hears that all the time, but yeah. we live in like a really conservative area of the country. And, uh, and she's like, nobody's racist to us oh. at all, ever. Yeah. So it's like weird to her to hear that. I mean, I think that's a part of the propaganda machine, like growing up here in California, going to the schools here. You hear it. You've probably never met a white person but you hear like people from texas are a bunch of like backwards rednecks that are racist or people from georgia are all kkk or whatever and you actually go to the south and you're like yo the white people here are so much nicer than the white people in california and i'm like what the fuck i've been told all this stuff about you know they're even worse and i'm like really i mean it's anecdotal but that's what i I, that southern hospitality thing it's so true they're so kind they're like way nicer i don't know i think new yorkers and californians are even way more mean but yeah I mean, i've lived in georgia for 12 years now yeah i don't think i've ever had a racist experience once in, in living in georgia if anything people have been amazing really friendly so accepting and uh so supportive of what i do especially in the last six months the only time I've ever experienced racism in my life is if I'm in like LA or New York. So the places that tell everyone, <laughs> go, baby. 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 racist for life, racist for life, baby. <laughs> Keep it racist. Yeah, yeah. The That's places that right tell you that the world is racist yeah. are the only places that you experience the racism, right. which I think is so odd. I mean, 
Yeah, LA you're... baby. <laughs> Get your ching chongs out of here. <laughs> I mean, like, it's also like you just never know because racism does exist everywhere, bullying yeah. exists everywhere. So, like, you don't know. So maybe someone had an experience. And then they're just they're just telling you what they felt. I, I think like when I was growing up, a lot of the teachers came from like the civil rights movement. So they had a lot of like pain and suffering from that era. And they were teaching us what happened to them. And I, I have relatives and people who grew up, you know, as kids during World War II or whatever. And then they talk about the internment camps. They talk about how they were treated. So like all that stuff is like, I think, passed down and maybe it's not even true for our generation and we haven't first hand experienced any of this stuff but then like you're paranoid like oh there's a fucking racist down the street i know it you know like i mean there's hell experiences like that where it's it's so difficult to say that it it does or it doesn't exist because there's 300 million people in america and you can't really make a blanket statement like yeah there's absolutely no racism in california or like we're the better ones and they're not, you know? See, I'm a free speech absolutist, meaning racism actually doesn't bother me at all. Yes, yeah. time. Meaning, be, because the reality is, is that there is an ism for everything in life. Mm. Yeah. Right? If you're a, uh, if you like one football team and you have a rival football team, you hate them just as much as you may hate someone of a different color, right? Like there are so many ways to divide people and the market will decide. So if you have, if you're, if you have a restaurant in the hood and you're like, we don't cater to black people, the market around would be like, all right, like that's pretty fucked up. We're going to put reviews to say, these guys are racist and they will cancel you and your business will go out of business. Yeah. They won't support you. They, they won't support you. It's yeah. the market will decide. Yep. It is not the government's place to show up with the government gun and tell you what you can and cannot say. I think the federal government has no say in that matter because the country itself is so diverse already. We can self-govern ourselves. We don't need the government going to show up and tell you how to live your life or what you can and cannot say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest part. And right. sometimes if you have free speech, it means you have to hear things that you hate. Yeah. Because if you don't hear hate speech, yeah. it means free speech actually isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay, I'm okay with it. Like I don't agree right. with it. I may think you're a shitty person. Right. Because the market will decide. If you say something will, yeah, hateful, people show, don't yeah. like you. No. Yeah. Then something's gonna happen, right? right? Yeah. Have faith in the people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, on the flip side too, with too much government control, I mean, when racism, they say like institutional racism, or by law there was racist laws, right? All those things, it didn't pan out. Like people fought against it. Now we don't have that, you know. And a lot of uh, racist, uh, I guess, you know, legislation and law that was that was out there, they no longer exist. So I think too much government control over the people is dangerous. It can be extremely dangerous. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that the last six months have just been a snowball effect, roller coaster and, and, and everything like that. Like, where are you now, so to speak, with like what you're doing, with where the content's gone, with maybe... Uh, where you might be wanting it to go, etc. Did you sell the lighting company? Yeah. No, um, I actually don't make money from what I do. So I don't run ads or very little ads. Um, I don't take sponsors. I don't do paid content, which I get a lot of requests for, which is crazy. We'll go into that story later. You don't want to promote like me undies, or, <laughs> <laughs> or athletic greens or yeah. something? Yeah. I, I don't do any of that. I just kind of talk. 
<laughs> right? Right, no athletic greens. <laughs> he doesn't want to be fucking influenced. He's like, bro. we don't need That's that shit. Cool, Coffee meets bagel. <laughs> Coffee <laughs> meets bagel has never, never reached out, so maybe we'll do that I'll, one. Hey, holler. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know? Uh, but I don't do any of that, so I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, I've never known what I was doing since I started. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just kind of, you take one day as it comes. And uh, somehow I was able to connect with some of the largest people in the space, which is just wild and so So, so give us some of those details, like as the snowball grew, like what was like, well, I can't believe I'm talking to this person. I can't believe I'm talking to this. I can't believe I'm going here or recognized here. So the first kind of big, kind of interview I guess I did was in June, which came out of nowhere. Um, I had an opportunity to be on War Room with Steve Bannon. So Steve wow. Bannon's War Room is kind of on the right, one of the biggest podcasting shows out there. And they reached out and their CFO, CEO, is actually the Korean American girl, which wow. most people don't know. I was like, oh, they're so racist, but number two in the entire Steve Bannon organization <laughs> is Korean. So like, there goes that theory. Uh, but I got to do his show and then that kind of gave me my first little bump. And then somehow over time, uh, I made a couple like pro and Andrew Tate posts and Andrew Tate reached out and now we're connected. I'm actually probably gonna go to Romania in February. That's Whoa. so cool. Cobra Tate, you telling me Andrew? Do you need a camera the Cobra operator? Tate. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, like he's a polarizing guy, but I judge people by the way they've impacted my life, not what they've done in their lives, right? I think that's a good way. To I just made fun of him because I had no idea who he was. Yeah, I retract yeah, all my I statements mean, about him. People don't know, and you don't know what you don't know, right? But for I, me, I, I mean, think he just plays a character. Yeah, after I wa I got so hooked on his stuff, I love his stuff is hilarious. I think he he exaggerates a point. Yeah. He's almost like Borat. He exaggerates yeah. a yeah. point to make the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got fooled. That's why I thought he was stupid. And I realized I was the dumb one to think that was real. Yeah. I like when he yells at me to get off my ass. I like that. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, oh shit, maybe I should. Yeah, I should. <laughs> He's way richer than me. I should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's effective. And I think the reason that. You know, they canceled him and they've been trying to cancel him is because he has the largest internet army in the world. Yeah. By far. Really? No one has more influence on the internet amongst men and men that understand how the internet works yeah. than he does. Wow. So if he doesn't comply, you got to get rid of him. I really think that's why. I see. Because he can move the needle. Yeah. Any nation, pretty much. Yeah. He has an army of a million plus men that understand how the internet works. Wow. It's a risk. Yeah. I really think that's why they went after him. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to discredit him, right? He needs to come out with the NFT then. He has a, he has a good email list. You should that's the that. best way to get yeah, back email on people's credit. Fantastic, actually. Makes him he, I saw a video where he's yelling at me to sign up for the email list, and I was like, all right, I'll sign up for it. Sign me up, dude. Put my email. All right, I'll do it then. Yeah, so that was a huge one. And then um, and then I got opportunity to connect with Tucker Carlson, yeah, which is like crazy. crazy. One, yeah. And for me, I, how did you get him on your podcast? It, it just happened, man. Wow. What? <laughs> I gotta say, his li your lighting is good, but his fucking camera setup, it's he not. looked fucking <laughs> like- He's in a barn. <laughs> he was back on <laughs> TV, dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah, his his setup, and his team is like 10 people. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. You'd think that wow. he would have like this 100-man team. And I got to speak to some of the people that work for him in the background, and they are 100% believers in his mission, which is like amazing. I was talking to them and they're like, when we're at lunch or dinner and when Tucker's not around, what they say amongst themselves is, we really feel like we're doing God's work. Wow. And the fact that they're so bought in into what they're doing and what they're really doing is trying to just spread truth about what's going on in the world. Like I'm, you 
know, that's so amazing to me. And they just found me. I, I never reached out to them. They found me. That's cool. That's tight. And one of Tucker's friends, who like he trusts, was like, hey, you got to check out this guy's stuff. And he started watching me. And and then one day I saw like one of his team follow me. And I, I did what anyone else would do. Hi, Lexi. Like, I'm a fan. Like, how are you? Like, I'm here. Appreciate you guys. And she messaged me back right away. And she's like, well, good news for you. Tucker is actually the one that told me to start following you. And ever since then, we've been in touch. And when he announced his network, I was like, hey, like, what are the chances like I can meet with him? Not even like, can he be on my show? Not can I be on his show? Like, I just want to meet him and I want to ask him questions because I've had such quick growth in six months. I feel like there's so much I need to learn. Like, I want to know what's going on. And she was like, even better, like, I'm sure he'd be willing to do your show. And that's how it happened. Wow. Just like, wow. Wow. That's really cool. I wonder why you're getting so much like love and, and, and attention from like the right and nothing. Are, are you getting anything from the in, independent or, or the left or anything? No. Because when I see your content, I never thought of it as a right wing thing. Yeah. I always saw it as like anti-establishment. I saw it as, you know, someone who's just like, wait a minute, the media might not be telling yeah. you everything. They might have a biased opinion. They might be funded by someone. Just look at the sources. And for me, that's not a right wing, left wing thing. It's more like check your sources. Yeah. I, I think the I think through that process, just like you said, I think it's pretty clear. The top of the left is part of the establishment that controls the media and part of the far right that is maybe we, we like to call them rhinos. They're just as in bed with the establishment media. They don't like me. They don't like someone that's questioning what their official narrative, what their official talking points are. Right. It's the people that want to break away from that, that kind of want to be free thinking, that want to question their narrative. Those are the people that have been really embracing me. Uh, so it's not just only the left that doesn't support me. It's part of the right also that really hate what I do. It's not like just one side. Right. Yeah. I first came across your content because my wife, Jill, followed you. And then, like, you know, we, the same you yelling at the TV, but it's me and Gio yelling at each other. I'm like, what the fuck? They're talking about this again. We always felt like, is there, like, anyone else that doesn't think like this? Mm -hmm. So we would always have, like, these conversations. Just, hey, check this guy out. And that's when I first came across your content. I'm like, yes! Another Asian person that isn't, like, fucking drunk with this crazy, like, it's crazy that everyone has the same thoughts. Because it's not even like that in the classroom. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we have homework tomorrow. Oh, fuck you. I love homework. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, there's like, homework's the best. <laughs> it's fucking, in, in the state or like in the nation, it's like, homework. And one's like, yeah, put up my fucking ass. I'm like, what the fuck? Since when? Crazy. I never heard it like that, but now I understand. <laughs> That's how like, I feel, dude. Since when did we like shoving homework up our ass? <laughs> weird. Yeah, I don't expect anyone to agree with everything I say. I didn't think it's impossible. I think that's weird, actually, yeah. to agree with everything. I think if anything... Even identical twins fight? Yeah. I, <laughs> if you agree with everything someone says, it just means you're living in an echo chamber. Right? You should always question what you what you hear. And, you know, if anything, tell me I'm wrong. I love it when you tell me I'm wrong. But as long as you believe I'm wrong because you believe I'm wrong. Because you've done your own research and proved me wrong. And I've changed my opinion on things all the time. 
because maybe what I researched wasn't as comprehensive as it should be. Maybe you've provided a different perspective than what I had. Mm. Like that's how people should be. That's how people really are in real life. And this idea that you pick a side and you pick a stance on a point and that's your point for the rest of your life. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird. You know, like that's your hill to die on. Why? Yeah. I have no, it's like a weird religion to me, like a cult. Or I've been seeing like people commenting on like popular Asian pages and then they're like, if you vote right, then you're voting for anti-Asians. Mm -hmm. And I'm all like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not a racial thing. That was his thing. comment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stop trolling everyone. <laughs> everyone liked it too. Everyone in this room liked it. The satire. Yeah. He's actually the troll. <laughs> that was me. Yeah.